0: team
1: welcome to future of Flushing Mets fans I'm Vito Khaleesi with me is Jonathan Baron this is the official Mets podcast that covers all player development we recap you every morning tell you what you need to know everything that happened the night before we even dropped some amazing interviews right now what we're going to be doing is we're going to be covering this weekend and telling you everything that happened but before we get into the player development side of what happened this weekend Jonathan Barron needs to tell the world about what happened to him this weekend.
2: Something happened. Um, that's for sure. What's up Vito. Um, yeah. So what happened was quite simply uh, my weight, wa- my amazing wife gave birth to a beautiful baby girl this weekend. And um, I-, I guess that the name future of flushing has a different meaning. Uh, the word future at least does as you know, my future has changed for the better. And um Words can't describe the feel. Um, you know, I'm I'm in the hospital right now as we do this. I, she's literally crying. <laughs> she's not enjoying it, but <laughs> um, this is this is surreal. And it's I it's been a whirlwind, obviously, the last 24 hours or so. She was born Saturday night at you know a quarter to ten. Um, but this is a nice slice of normalcy doing this with you and kind of going through. Uh, what happened in the Mets player development system? Which, you know, while right before labor started, monitoring the Blake Tidwell start. How could I not? So, um, yeah, let's let's get into it.
1: I do want to just note something. John and I texted a little while this was happening. He told me in a text, "This baby is coming soon." When he said that, I thought he meant the next few days. A few hours later, I find out he's in the hospital. His beautiful daughter is coming. I get a picture. I go nuts. I start telling all of our coworkers around me what happened. Everybody's so happy for John and Shauna. And like, it's just, it's really exciting. Um, and John, I'm going to just let the listeners into a little secret. We did yeah. have some audio issues and we recorded this. We're recording this intro for the second time. And the yes. first time John said, we did have a baby. And then I saw him look at his wife and correct himself because he knew it wasn't a wee thing. It was a yeah. thing. Yeah,
2: no, that's that's definitely the case. Uh, hero warrior, couldn't I couldn't have pulled that off? Definitely. So I don't have enough things to say. Um, but yeah, just—is <laughs> this our first live show? Yeah, I guess it is. Yes, I do have. Uh, I do have a little audience in the room here. One, uh, one person who knows the name Mike Vassell. The other does not, but is going to pretty soon. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, Mike Vassell is on the Syracuse Mets now, so why don't we start off talking about the Syracuse Mets. They played the Buffalo Bisons, or as we would like to say, John Grady, graphic designer of the Mets, Buffalo Bisons. Uh, the Syracuse Mets went 2-1 and one this weekend versus the Bisons. Um, what were some standouts that you really want to point out on this one, John? Well, first
2: we start with Luke Ritter, who had a big weekend on Friday night. He hit his first home run for AAA Syracuse after the promotion. That gives him 15 overall. Then on Sunday, picked up another couple of hits. Ronnie Mauricio had a huge game on Saturday. We talked about the ankle injury. Ronnie's clearly past the ankle injury, hit a couple of bombs in his first game back. Four hits and another homer on Saturday, his 11th of the season. And Stephen Riding struck out the side in in an appearance for Syracuse as he continues to rehab and that's got relevance on the Mets' bullpen right now. Ridings was a guy in spring training who was competing for one of those bullpen spots, suffered an injury, now working his way back, and it definitely is a guy who can play his way into one of those bullpen spots in Queens um, once he is ready to go from his injury.
1: And perhaps the biggest story of the weekend is Mike Vassal's Syracuse debut. If you've been listening to Future of Flushing, which I hope you all have, you have heard us bring up Mike Vassal a bunch. You've heard our interview with Mike, which you should go listen to, on the Mets' YouTube and on the stream. Mike made his AAA debut, and he did struggle a little bit. It was his first start in a week, and the offense is inflated in the International League.
2: Yeah, but, you know, like you mentioned, a long layoff, obviously an exciting night for Mike Vassell. If you look at the start, he put up a zero in the first inning. In the second inning, he got jumped on a first pitch home run to lead off the second inning, got through the third inning one two three, in dominant fashion, retired the side by striking out the side in order. Second time around, got into a little bit of trouble. So when you look at the the line, you might say to yourself, oh, this was not a good decision for Mike Vassell in Syracuse. But then when you actually peel back the layers, you look at the box score, you look at how the game unfolded. Mike Vassell showed sheer dominance at times in this game, particularly in that third inning when he struck out the side in order. Like you said, tough league to pitch in. Offense is through the roof in the International League. Mike Vassell will be just fine. It's really... You know, you're getting your feet wet in a brand new environment, learning new hitters. So can't wait for Mike Vassel's next start with Syracuse. Leave it at that. And what
1: do we always say on this podcast, John? What's our, like, new catchphrase?
2: Development's not linear, um, but Mike Vassal's development is special. So, you know, this is a guy who he's going to shake it off. We've spoken to Mike multiple times. We know the kind of character he is. We know his mentality, and everyone sees the talent with the arm. Mike Passa will be just fine. Like I said, cannot wait to see him make his second Syracuse Mets start.
1: And it is not like every single start he's had has been flawless. It's not like he got promoted and his only start of the season was a struggle. No, This is minor league baseball. This is learning out what you have. We're going to see what Mike has on his next start, and we're going to keep hearing about this. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro recharge kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This guy, normally we'd move on to double A. And you know what, John? I know we said we were going to wait till the game's over, but the Rumble ponies just tied it up in the bottom of the 10th. So we're going to go deep on the Rumble ponies right now. And I bet you they're going to win this thing by the time we finish.
2: Yeah, we are really doing this in in live time, Vito. I'm going to be honest with you. So Vito and I were trying to figure out the best time to get this done. We definitely wanted to put out an episode to recap the weekend. We said, yeah, we'll talk in like 20 minutes. That was about eight o'clock. I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I, that. <laughs> I fell asleep and the baby woke up. I had not one, but two diapers to change. And I checked on the rumble ponies score and I'm like, oh, wow. Tight game. So I put it on, was watching, but yeah, that all happened. So uh, this, this is very live. We'll start recapping the weekend anyway. And then, Vito, if you see that walk-off hit happen, shout it out. We'll recap that game. But we start with Friday, a 7-5 loss for the Rumble Ponies. Big stories in this one. Brandon McIlwain, 2-for-5 with a double and a homer. guy we talked about a few times in last week's episodes. Continues to hit. The OPS is over 1,000 in his last 14 games. Can go get him with anyone in the outfield. And he makes a lot of hard contact. Joe Swazi was 3-for-4 with a homer for Binghamton as well on Friday night. So another big offensive performance
1: for him. And then McIlwain did it again on Saturday, Vito. Yeah, McElwain went two for four on Saturday, although the Rumble Ponies did lose nine to one. And Trey McLaughlin did toss two scoreless innings. So there were some moments to watch and a tough loss for the Ponies. And right now, the Rumble Ponies are tied 3-3. It's the bottom of the 10th as we record this. The Ponies got two men on. we got a runner in scoring position. So we're going to just go for it. We're just going to talk a little bit about game three. And I think we're going to bring them good vibes, John, because Daniel Juarez faced 13 batters, retired 12 in relief.
2: Yeah, Juarez is a name who's coming up for the first time, which we love that whenever we can identify different players in the Mets' party development system that fans should be aware of. Juarez, like you mentioned, faced 13, retired 12 of them. He's got a fastball that opposing hitters just do not see, and he rides the fastball, and opposing hitters just do not make contact. He had a 1.66 ERA last season with tonight's performance. Juarez's ERA on the season now stands at 1.72. struck out four of the 13 guys he faced tonight. Back-to-back years of dominance, 22 years old, now dominated the Eastern League. Possibly the best talent that a pitcher has to face in the minor leagues. Daniel Juarez is the kind of guy. Look, he has the kind of stuff where those guys make the major leagues. When you have a I'm going to beat you fastball and you can throw it consistently for strikes which Juarez does, that's a major league talent. And those are the kinds of guys who they get a chance in the majors unless injuries occur. And obviously injuries are something that all 30 teams try to prevent. It doesn't happen like that. If it did, it would be a much different sport overall. But Juarez continues to impress, continues to open eyes in the player development system.
1: And guess what, John? We were right. We brought the vibes to the boys. Rumble ponies win it. Off of a Rowdy Jordan line drive to center field.
2: Yeah, Rowdy finishes the game three for five as I'm looking at the box score here. A 4 3 win for the ponies. Look, this is an impressive series against the Portland Sea Dogs, who, as we mentioned, were in first place entering the six game series with Binghamton. So shout out to the Rumble ponies for getting it done once again. A big dramatic win on Sunday against the Sea Dogs
1: and a nice moment here on the pod. And Another reason to prove that changing your roommate matters. Rowdy Jordan got rid of his roommate, moved on, and he hasn't slowed down since.
2: You know, I'm kind of getting a new roommate when you think about it. You
1: are getting a new roommate.
2: You yeah. lost your studio. You're losing your podcast studio, though. I don't know what you're gonna do. Oh, I'm I'm nomadic now. I mean, I'm I'm doing this podcast in a in a hospital room. Uh, the nurses came in, and Shauna was explaining what I was doing because <laughs> otherwise it was. <laughs> there was going to be some awkward tension in the air. So I guess she had
1: to, uh, she's like, who's Daniel Suarez? Tell me more about that fastball. <laughs> Can you ask Shauna a question for me? What's that? How did she feel about you taking her water? Because when I saw you drinking out of the mother's water cup, I was pretty offended.
2: The answer is it's important to stay hydrated. That's, that's <laughs> it. We're, we don't have any water bottles here. So it's, <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of the situation. <laughs> We're really just making it happen right now. Figuring it out as we go.
1: This is probably the quickest anybody has recorded a podcast to when their child's been born. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I,
2: I think I, It's I don't a great know. thing.
1: All I know is that I, I, I came prepared. I knew this was a possibility. John, when, when I pa- saw your mic, when I, I, I thought we were just going to be recording this like off your laptop, Mike, I didn't expect to see your actual podcast, Mike, at the hospital with you ready to go. Now, I do need to tell the listeners. We were given John some guff last week at work about his go bag and him not being super prepared with a go bag. So to find out that he ended up getting his stuff together and then adding a podcast, mic to it, you got to love the commitment to success. It's what it's all about. It's linear. <laughs> Why don't we move on to Brooklyn? Now the Brooklyn Cyclones took on the Aberdeen iron birds. They were two and one on the weekend. So a nice weekend for Brooklyn. They lost three to two on Friday. Our guy, Tyler Stewart, Cost six innings of one run ball, and he lowered his ERA to a one four seven.
2: Tyler Stewart's been one of the best pitchers in minor league ball. I, I mean, I don't really know how else we can put it. Uh, the peripherals match up with the with the stats that that are fr- that are front facing. The ERA, one of the best in minor league baseball. He doesn't allow hard contact. He induces a lot of ground balls, and he misses a lot of bats. He's a college arm. He's dominating his competition. Look, I'm not. I'm not pining for anything here. I'm just saying I wouldn't mind seeing Tyler Stewart at the Futures game, a a game I think that he deserves to be a part of because there aren't too many other pitchers in minor league baseball who have been more
1: dominant than Tyler Stewart this season. And you heard him tell us in that interview that you can go listen to on the Mets YouTube. It's pretty, pretty brand new. We have two recent ones up with Tyler Stewart and Paul Gervais. But Tyler Stewart told us about how he goes out there. He told us about how he uses his lever. He uses his height, as leverage, about how much his arm slot affects his game. I mean, it's a really great interview. And then Paul Gervais is out here telling us about how he worked at Olive Garden to get himself through personal pitching training. Please go listen to those two. To move on to the offensive side of the 3-2 loss, Kevin Prada and William Lugo, who we call Billy Barrels, each went two for four on Friday. So although the Cyclones lost, a lot of positives here.
2: 100%. And you mentioned Parada on Sunday. I guess we can just skip ahead, and then we'll talk about Blade Tidwell's start by itself. On Sunday, Parada went two for five, and that included a home run. So Kevin Parada continues to get going with the bat. It was a bit of a slow start. But, folks, this is a kid who had 26 home runs in his sophomore season at Georgia Tech, a.k.a. Catcher You, Matt Wieters went there. Jason Varitek went there. Um, and And he stands above them all. And these are two pretty good major league catchers I just mentioned. And Kevin Parada holds the record for catcher home runs in Georgia Tech history. So it's great to see Kevin Parada start to tear up the Sally League as he finds his feet in a new league, obviously, last year drafted and then played for St. Lucie. But now let's talk about the big event that happened in Brooklyn. And I'm not talking about the Mermaid Parade down at Coney Island, but Blade Tidwell's 5 nothing win. He threw seven scoreless innings in the start, had six strikeouts, and now that gives him back-to-back dominant outings, 16 strikeouts over 11 innings with just two earned runs allowed and a 40% whiff rate. So, Blade Tidwell and all the talent you heard about after he was taken, we know about the chip on his shoulder that he carries. He spoke to us about that. Blade Tidwell is now going out there and dominating opposing hitters in the Sally League, dominating older competition. And he hasn't been walking many either. This Cyclones team, and you were talking about it before we even started, how we'd love to go back to Brooklyn and just see the dearth of pitching options they have down there. Blade Tidwell and Tyler Stewart, they headline that in the starting rotation. Now that Christian Scott has been promoted. I mean, they are just pumping out talent at these
1: levels of the minor league system. And some people say John was so fired up about Blade Tidwell's performance yesterday that that is what pushed his daughter to get out here as quick as possible. Yeah, I don't really know how to respond to that one. <laughs> uh, a final note for Sunday's game. Uh, we did mention Kevin Prada went two for five with a homer in that one. Paul Gervais, another guy we interviewed with, also brought that up. Did toss two scoreless innings in relief with three strikeouts. And Alex Ramirez once again showing up in the prospect report. Walked twice, has nine walks in his last seven games, and a 4.06 OBP in that span. I mean, like... The Cyclones are so exciting to watch right now, and there's so much great stuff going on there. Imagine going to a Cyclones game, hitting the Mermaid Parade, and riding the Cyclone in a single day, John. Yeah, the Costanza bobblehead's coming up soon, I believe. Well, John, I'm glad you brought up bobbleheads because the Cyclones are home this week, and they have a ton of stuff going on. I mean, one thing, they got a Cyclone soccer jersey which is wow. also their Italian night and it's Thursday to 22nd and it's against the Hudson Valley renegades. So this is a little bit of a subway series almost because the renegades are the Yankees affiliate and another promotion going on this weekend, Jeff McNeil batting King bobblehead that's on Friday, June 23rd. And we will remind you of these again later in the week, but John, I know that probably makes you upset because you believe the only King in Brooklyn is the King. But Jeff's just doing it for a night with his bobblehead. He's not taking the King's place. No, that, That's a good
2: collab. The King and Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil, obviously, winning the Major League Batting title. That's creative. I like that. And I, by the way, I was wrong about the Costanza bobblehead giveaway. It's not until August, August 19th. You know what it is? I saw Howie Rose tweet about it, I think, yesterday. And I assumed it was coming up, but I guess it's not. I think Howie just saw a tweet and quote tweeted and liked it and shared it. But, yeah that uh, oh, we got to wait a little longer up, for that for that Costanza bobblehead. That's John, gonna when be, you said dude. coming
1: up. I just thought you meant like coming up at some point. I'm yeah, like, let's just fly with that. You just meant it was coming. Eventually, there's always a future, right? The future of flushing.
2: Yes, I just I I made a mistake and I don't want to be a disingenuine on when that is because that's going to be a big one. That, that is going to be, be a, a
1: hot item. The Seinfeld Knights, the, the Cyclones crush that every year. And I mean, they've been I feel like the Cyclones were at the forefront of a lot of what you see minor league baseball doing when it comes to promotions.
2: Well, that's exactly what Howie was saying in the tweet um, and how he's spot on that. The Cyclones just knock it out of the park. Every thing with all these promotions. nice fun, knock it out of the
1: park. I like knock
2: that, it out of the park podcast. We also saw what were the other bo- what there, the other bobbleheads that uh, we that we got to preview that they that they'll be giving away. At Maimonides Park. Oh, boy, it's late. I'm tired.
1: Well, one of them is the Jeff McNeil Batting King I just brought up. They have a Joker bobblehead because they're doing a Joker night. They are also doing a Pete Alonzo glasses style thing. They're not calling it the Pete Alonzo glasses. They're calling it the Big League sunglasses. But there's so much going on. Go to uh, MLB.com slash Brooklyn slash slash promotions. Or just go to the Cyclones website and go to the promotions tab. But why don't we move on? PSL, the St. Lucie Mets, took on the Palm Beach Cardinals. They went one and two on the weekend. And Saturday's game was also suspended. They ended up finishing it today, but they did win that game, John. Do you want to talk about some of the standouts? Yeah, well, I think the
2: biggest story there is that Jose Quintana made his second rehab start, and he threw 46 pitches. So Jose Quintana continues to claw his way back. I don't know this, but it probably is safe to assume that his next start will be at a different level of the minor leagues where he'll probably be stretched out to 55, 60, maybe even 65 pitches as he works to make his Mets debut. And Sean Reed Foley also appeared for the St. Lucie Mets in this rehab game. Reed Foley has not pitched in the major leagues since April 30th, but he's been working hard to return, but working hard to return and that hard work now paying off as he actually plays in competitive baseball games.
1: And the final thing we're going to bring up... From the St. Lucie Mets this weekend is another name we've been bringing up a lot. Jacob Reimer hit another home run and drove in four.
2: Yeah, Vito, Jacob Reimer is a case where, look, he's got an 11-12 OPS his last 19 games. He won't turn 20 until February. He's probably too good for this league as it stands right now.
1: John, I was at City Field today uh, working because, you know, we had Mets up today uh, and the boys did miss you and they give you and Shauna all their love and congratulations on your new family member. But in this moment, I was sitting in the Mets social media box with our buddy, J-Dog, Janie Murray, mm. and I went nuts when I got the push noty telling me that Jacob Reimer hit another home run. Yeah, he, he's scorching
2: hot. He seems to have figured out the Florida State League very quickly after really having Uh, a spring training that was impacted by injury. So it's even more impressive because he had a slow start to the season. And I mean, opposing teams just can't get this kid out. They cannot get him out. Um, Like I said, he's still 19. So not sure how aggressive the Mets are going to be here um, when it comes to challenging him. But I mean, every night, Jacob Reimer is one of those names that fans that listen to this podcast every single morning will hear over and over And over again, look, maybe it's a good thing for a 19 year old to just continue to gain that confidence that when he's in the batter's box, no one's getting him out because that's what's happening right now, seemingly with Jacob Reimer.
1: And I can't wait for listeners of this podcast to see Jacob Reimer get called up, go through the system and turn to their stupid friends who don't listen and say, I knew Jacob Reimer back in June of 2023 because John and Vito were telling me what to know some other notable performances because we should wrap this up. John has a new baby in the room and I'm sure his wife does not want to keep listening to this Anthony Baptiste. We should really give this guy some credit. He's on DSL orange over in the Dominican summer league. He's been seven for 21 during a five game hitting streak, two triples, a home run and seven RBIs in that span. Yeah. Anthony Baptiste, one of the players
2: signed by the Mets in the 2023 international free agent signing period, He's one of the fastest players in the class altogether, not just signed by the Mets. Other guys that we've mentioned from this draft class, Christopher Lares and Diverson Gutierrez, but Baptiste also a player to watch. The Mets being a little aggressive with him, placing him with DSL Orange, and he's been
1: really good of late. And the final person we're going to bring up from the Summer League is Julio Zayas. Julio Zayas is also on DSL Orange, went three for eight with a home run and a double. He's slugging 871 in nine games has a massive ceiling for a prospect. And that's because he can catch and he can play other positions and he can play
2: those other positions well. He's got great bat-to-ball ability. The ball, we've said this, we've heard this, and now it's coming to to the light, to fruition at the major league level with Francisco Alvarez. Many people said that when they watched Alvarez at the batting cages, the ball simply sounded different coming off his bat and looked different coming off his bat. And it's not conjecture with Alvarez and it's not conjecture with Julio Zayas either. And this recent stretch, obviously a small sample, so you can't say, yeah, this guy is Francisco Alvarez.
1: But Julio Zayas is kind of reminding people of Francisco Alvarez a little bit. And a small Francisco Alvarez thing that I have never talked about on Met or I don't even think I talked to John about with this because he was not with me at this moment. But I remember watching Francisco Alvarez take BP at spring training this year. I was standing just a few feet away from him. And this was before the season started. I was watching major league teammates of his stand in awe, and one of them was screaming out, "Oh, this boy's ready to go up to the big leagues!"
2: Yeah, he's been one of the best players in the DSL slash FCL circuit. Um, he's obviously years away. He's seventeen years old, but he seems to have a special bat. Looking forward to seeing how the conti- Looking forward to seeing how the rest of his twenty twenty three unfolds as he continues to
1: put himself on the radar of the prognosticators out there. Now, before we leave, I do want to let fans know about a really cool event happening at city field when the Mets return home and face the brewers. And that is the absence of proof event happening. Uh, The absence of proof event is a mocktail event for non-alcoholic beverages. Now as somebody who myself, I'll go on periods where I don't like to drink for a month or two at a time, just to like kind of cleanse myself out, feel a little better move a little better at the gym, because as John likes to say all the time, your body stops producing muscle the second you put alcohol into your body. So when I'm on a real tear at the gym, I like to cut it all out. John, there is a limited number of tickets available at a $100 price point, and that includes an all-you-can-drink at the pop-up, plus access to a reception, a gift bag, a raffle ticket, and a ticket to a game. So it's like a really cool event and all profits from ticket sales for the pop-up will be donated to the amazing Mets foundation, which will use the funds to provide a grant to Elmcore, a nonprofit based in Queens. It's a really cool event. Alex Cohen is a part of it. I think it's going to be really fun. If this is something you're interested in, don't hesitate buy tickets and check it out. And absence of proof is such a fire name for a non-alcoholic beverage.
2: That is a good one. Sounds like an awesome time. And, this was an awesome time. I'm glad we were able to do this. I'm glad we were able to pull it off. Another great week behind us already in the player development system. Cannot believe it's almost July. We're almost at the all-star break. Um, but another great week ahead. So Christian Scott, we'll see if he can follow up his great Binghamton Rumble Pony debut
1: with another strong start. And we'll have all the reaction for you when it happens, Vito. And thank you for listening. Make sure to tell your friends about Future of Flushing who may want to learn more about the Mets player development system. Give us a subscribe. Give us a follow. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MetsPlayerDev. We have some really great interviews coming out soon. And see you all in the future. Here's some stock music. Take us out. Enjoy.